Customer order updates got you freaking? How about your customer? Let's check in with them. Where is my order? I expect a response in 20 minutes, or I'll leave a one-star review everywhere, including your mom's house. Yikes. What if customers could find their own orders with Ventoff Order Lookup, the Shopify app that makes order tracking a breeze? With Ventoff Order Lookup, customers quickly and easily search for their own orders in your store with their email address or their order number. No more wasting time and losing your sanity trying to track down orders for customers. Try Ventoff Order Lookup today and get your order tracking under control. Just search Order Lookup in the App Store to start your free trial. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. You know what? My order was at the front door the whole time. Five stars. Ah, subscriptions. Man, we all want to make subscriptions work, right? It, they're really attractive. You see that every time I see that subscribe and save option on Amazon, I'm like, oh, once I sign up for that, they got me, right? It is the ultimate conversion rate optimization hack because I don't even have to go make the purchase. Month after month, that predictable recurring revenue keeps showing up. Ah, that's what we love about it. Predictable recurring revenue, especially in e-commerce where inventory and inventory forecasting is such a challenge. And speaking of challenges, subscriptions are a challenge. They're tough to get right. And yeah, I, I think there is a bigger difference in the right way to approach and sell subscriptions versus one-time purchase products than most of us, myself included, realize. And fortunately, we have someone here today who has really excelled at selling subscriptions through their their Shopify store. We're joined by someone who's grown and sold a subscription Shopify store for uh, a a fairly large and impressive sum. And get this, they even had a Netflix show to go along with it. So we're joined by John Roman. He's the CEO of Battlebox, and he's going to share this, this journey with us. All right, John, welcome. Oh my gosh, I forgot the important part. This is the unofficial Shopify podcast, and I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. All right. John, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Kurt. I'm excited. All right. So let's start at the top here. Uh, Battlebox, spelled B-A-T-L box. Battlebox. What is it? Sure. So, yeah. So it's Battlebox, um, B-A-T-T-L, no E, B-O-X. B-A-T-T-L. Um, I already screwed it up. Yep. Oh, my gosh. We're... Two minutes in, and I'm like, let, let me just butcher this brand name. It's it's called Betelbox. Is it, did I get this right? <laughs> um, so it's it's Battlebox without an E because uh, that domain was was taken. <laughs> domain names are such a pain. They are. You, you really got to get it right. So Battlebox is a monthly subscription box. It's a surprise mystery box. Outdoor camping gear. So anything from a tent to maybe an axe um month before last we sent a a takedown bow um like a bow and arrow that you would put together it's it's cool gear and it's uh it's a complete mystery each month it's almost like the uh the 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 drop model where everybody gets it at the same time and nobody knows what's in it until until they open it but everybody gets the same thing and every people are happy with this 
that's always the pushback from merchants. It's like, well, what if they don't like it? I don't know. What if? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, and you know, we've made mistakes through the years and, and learn from those mistakes. We have a, a pretty ridiculous, um, procurement process of deciding if something goes in the box. It's, it starts, um, number one, a big thing we, we listen to our customers. So we, we built this community. Um, not all of our customers are in it, but I think we have maybe seven, 8,000 in this Facebook group and it's a very streamlined process for them, them to submit ideas and products. And then we have a team that then reaches out to these, these vendors and get samples. We then test the samples, make sure that, you know, they, they're of a high enough quality where we're going to put our name behind it. And then, and then it goes to a group. There's a panel of seven of us. Um, and if, if more than one person says no to any product, it's not an argument, that product's just out. Hmm. And it's, it's difficult, right? It's this huge funnel of like potential opportunities. And then the worst part is if it actually makes it to that point, we then have to make it make economical sense. Um, so it's a whole nother conversation of us, of how we're a marketing engine to this company and the, the reach we're going to give them the 50 people that are going to put it on YouTube the day that it drops. And, and it's going to be this, this organic, um, traffic to them. So it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy process and it's we're we're constantly improving it because it's, it'll never be perfect. And all right. So straight up, this just sounds really difficult. <laughs> it does. It sounds hard. And so if I start with, but there's easier subscriptions, right? The traditional subscribe and save model that the, you know, Amazon coined that a lot of companies have success with works great. The, the manscapes of the world that, that have a, a replenishable, the Dr. Squatch, where it's just going to be the same product. Um, we chose to take the, the, the more difficult road where, where the product changes every month. And so if I've got, how many products are typically in a box? So, so we have four different tiers. We have the, the basic box, which is 35 a month plus shipping. Um, and you know, typically that's a, that's a, why would you charge shipping? These boxes are heavy and, um, it's actual shipping based on geographic location. Um, and then we have the advanced box, which is 65, the pro box, that's 119 and the pro plus that's 169.99 and 40% of our base is in the, is in the 169.99 a month. It's, um, the boxes stack on top of each other. So if you get the advanced box, you're going to have everything from the basic and the advanced and, and so on and so on. So on the, the basic box typically is going to have three to four items all the way up to the, the, the pro plus, which could have six, seven items. Okay. So you got to come up with six or seven items. And I assume like the items themselves stack, like you're, you're adding to each one or is it a completely different set for each box each month? So the, it, it's adding to each one. Okay. Um, so everybody, so if you get the pro plus, you got everything from the basic, the advanced, the pro, and then the additional item. Okay. A majority of people are going with the most expensive one. You've got four tier, four pricing tiers here. Why not three pricing tiers? So when we launched, we, we launched with four, the uh, prices was, a, they were a little bit less. Um, they were all about 20% less than they are now, you know, seven years later with, cost of goods going up, but we were with, with certainty that the, the 35 a month, the basic that's, it used to be in 2015, 24 99, we were 100% sure 
that's going to be our most popular box. And then we said, we'll give some additional options and we'll throw a 150 up there in case someone wants to spend that much, who probably won't, but maybe we'll have a couple people. And we were completely wrong. It was a complete flip-flop. I'd say 90% of our ads right now, the entire experience, we take off the basic box from the offering completely. We're just we're just positioning the advanced, the pro and the pro plus. And then we've also run the opposite too, where we only had the basic advance and pro as an offering. If you go to the site organically, you're going to see all four, but we'll, we'll switch up what we're offering. Sometimes ads and landing pages will just feature one of them. All right. So you, when you approach vendors and like, obviously there's going to be relationships that get developed over time. It sounds like you've been at this for seven years, right? Yes. So you approach them and the pitch is, it's a bit of a strange opportunity because you're going to them and saying, Hey, we need this item. We only need, we need a whole bunch, but only the, for the one month, maybe in the future. And we really need to squeeze you on the margin but, you know, you do it for the exposure, buddy. Like, it, that's a really difficult pitch, especially to go to a manufacturer with that. Yeah, it's a tough pitch. And to make it even more difficult is, so we can't repeat, we, we don't repeat items. Um, I'd say in the seven years, we maybe repeated three items and in total. Um, we also don't repeat a lot of brands. The The reason being, we we want to you know be delivering surprise and new and and brands they haven't heard of or a lot of times at this point we'll do product launches with brands, um, but it's all because if if we send the same brand if it's in the box more than three times in a year customers are going to let us know that's unacceptable so it's even more difficult because we're building a relationship but the the relationship is difficult because we're not going to. You know, we might feature them again and kind of purchase order for 2024 just to show our commitment, but it's spreading it over time. And it's difficult because it's wholesale is not an acceptable rate because our margins don't, don't work off that because we're also presenting, you know, the 170 a month it's going to have, if you try to shop it on your own, a retail value somewhere in probably the $300, three, 310, 320 range. So we, we can't pay wholesale because then we would not be a business. Um, so it's difficult. And then we have to say to your point, <laughs> sell it to us for less, but trust us, these YouTube videos and these TikToks we're going to put out, you're going to get insane traffic. Luckily with time though, we we have case studies and, and testimonials where we can, you know, supply that with our other PDFs explaining the model and, and, and references. Hey, call this vendor, call this vendor. And at least at this point, it's a little bit easier because a lot of these vendors will will sing sing the gospel and tell them how it genuinely helped their business. You know, initially when you're starting out, it's going to be tough. But once you have some proven hits and you have you start to get some fans among uh, your industry, they're going to be able to sing your praises and present that social proof to these other vendors where they're going to be more willing to get on board. Since you've done this yeah. over seven years, like this predates TikTok, right? This predates the. Uh, it would be like at the start of really the rise of the influencer. Has it, you think people have gotten more receptive to it or more suspicious of the pitch over time? I think they've become more receptive to it. So, so we do, we, we, we've obviously made new iterations. So we have a, um, on our site, we have a, a, a section on the, the mega menu that says, Hey, do you want to be in battle box or for vendors? Um, so we've created a funnel there where, you know, we're getting, I'd say on average, maybe 50 submissions a month of brands that want to be in there. And because of that, 
it's made it's made the pitch a little bit easier because they came to us. Um, so we can be very matter of fact, this is our model. Um, it's a little bit less of a sale. Our initial model, um, first month, I think we sent 30 boxes to two influencers. Mm. Like that was a big, a, a big part of our initial spend. And we continue to kind of lean in heavy on, on that. Like we send 50 uh, boxes to YouTubers a month. The face of our brand, if you, if you watch any battle box video, there's a tall bearded gentleman. His name's Brandon, um, goes by Curran. That's his last name, but he's the face of our brand. He was one of the initial people doing reviews. Um, he was a paying customer. Our customers fell in love with him, and we in turn were like, "Dude, you got to come be a part of the team." It sounds like that that ambassador relationship was born out of a very genuine relationship um, and experience. Is this the same guy who's in your Netflix show? And he's the reason we have the Netflix show. How does one get a Netflix show? Oh man, so so Brandon Curran, um, who's the face of our brand. So we um, this so cringe to say this. We had a pre-purchase survey um, on our site in, in 2015, where before we would take your money and let you buy, we wanted to know where you came from. Uh, obviously, we don't have that anymore. We haven't for years, but it was your usual suspects, right? Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and then there was an other, and the other, you had to hit the little radius and type in who it was. And I want to say month three, month four, we were seeing like a large number, like 20%, 30% some at some times were putting this guy. So we look him up. He was doing a YouTube review. He wasn't, um, we like, we're checking our, our, our spreadsheet and we didn't send him a box. So then we realized he's a fully paying customer. Um, so we quickly reached out, Hey ma'am, love what you're doing. Your box is free moving forward. Like you don't have to pay anymore. And then when it continued for a few months, we were like, Hey, we need you to keep doing this. We're going to store a free box. We're going to give you $500 a month please don't stop. And then it, it came to the point where it was like, Hey, do you want to just move down to Georgia? He was a HVAC guy. Um, and at nighttime he would record content and he had done some other, um, been on some TV shows on, uh, like hunting, like Fox hunting shows. Um, so then he came on and in a short order after that, we were reached out to by a company called high noon entertainment production studio. They, um, cake boss, and Fixer Upper are kind of like the two feathers in their cap. And they said, hey, we really love what you guys are doing. Um, we've gotten some money from the History Channel to shoot a sizzle reel, which I didn't know what a sizzle reel was. It it comes before uh, a, um, a pilot. And basically, you get a green light on a sizzle reel. You then get the money for a pilot. And then you hope the pilot goes well so you can get money for the full season. So... We want to shoot a sizzle reel. They came down. Uh, Net our History Channel sat on it for about six months. Told us, no, we're not interested. High Noon said, you know, we're going to keep pitching this. We really like it. They pitched it to Discovery. We're talking to Discovery for like seven, eight months. They finally pass. At that point, we were like, okay, I guess it didn't work. And they're like, no, we're going to, this was January 2019. So at this point, we're a year and a half into this this attempt and they're like we have two meetings um ones with netflix and ones with walmart streaming service which i don't remember what it is is even called maybe voodoo or i don't even think it exists anymore <laughs> yeah that was a surprise to me um us too even then they they pitched to netflix and and they came back and they said hey it went really well um and then the next day 
Netflix said, we want it. We, we don't do pilots. Let's shoot a season. Um, we want the, the right of first refusal to the next seven. And they sent us over a 84-page agreement. We said, okay, we showed it to our lawyer. They, they're like, this is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> so we went and started Googling, found an entertainment lawyer, took it to him. We were feeling good about this. Uh, really nice guy, red lines, everything. We're like feeling super confident. We send it back to them. Uh, Netflix responds almost immediately within an hour and says, you know, we're so sorry if we misset an expectation. Um, this is the agreement. There's, oh. <laughs> there's not, there's not redlining. There's, so there's zero, zero negotiating on the agreement. Wow. You want, you want to have a Netflix original show? Here it is. So they move fast, but it's on their terms. A hundred percent. You know, we had a, an internal talk and we're like, this could be the whole premise of the show is, is us testing gear to determine if it goes in a battle box. Like it's this literally dream commercial for us in, in a season format. So we were like, this could be really, really good. So we just say, okay, we're going to do it. And, uh, off to the races, I think it was all said and done by the end of January, beginning of February. And by summer we were, we were filming, we filmed through the end of the year, uh, moved into 2020 they came back and shot um, some touch-ups in for for a couple weeks, and then it aired in July of 2020, which like in the height of the I pandemic. was going to say height of the pandemic is also like peak streaming, so a great time to have a show premiere on Netflix. We were going to be the next Tiger King, like that was that was the hope. That no one could be the next Tiger King. That whole thing is too insane. <laughs> I agree, but that's that was the big pie in the sky, and then came the fun part of forecasting and how do we have enough product and how is this customer going to behave and are they going to buy and are they going to buy subscriptions? Are they going to buy one time? Like We don't know what we don't know. So it was literally just throwing a dart at the board and, and hoping we were right on the forecast. The show functions essentially as a commercial because in, like if I look up the listing on Netflix, it says, you know, watch Southern Survival. And the, t- the description is the Battle Box crew Tests out a variety of products designed to help people survive dangerous situations, including fires, explosions, and intruders. And then just like looking at the stills, you know, just like immediately gives me Mythbusters vibes, which I love Mythbusters. And even like episode one, the Battle Box crew, this functions as an infomercial. I'm not saying that derisively. Did Netflix pay you for this or did did this cost you money to produce? Because it is such an immense opportunity. No. So we didn't we we didn't have to pay anything. Um they spent a, a few million dollars on um they wrote a check for a few million to high noon to to produce it um because it has some some you know over the top stuff te- not what we actually do you know reality right like we don't jump in a helicopter to go to go test something i wish we could but um definitely tvized it a little bit but no they um they they paid for it that was it it was pretty pretty straightforward Hey, all your upsells be sold out, and your downsells sold out too. Do you know what would make this new year even happier? All the extra revenue you can make with One Click Upsell. Zipify One Click Upsell, aka Zipify OCU, can increase your Shopify revenue 10 to 15% 
overnight, created by the owner of a $165 million brand and trusted by over 12,000 Shopify merchants. One-click upsell helps boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. And with the mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results, it's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $393 million in sales. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To make this an even happier new year, go to zipify.com Kurt and start your 30-day free trial. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. What's the result? What's the reaction when this thing goes live? Because I know like with Shark Tank, I have lost count of the number of Shark Tank people I have talked to. And they all say a similar thing. It's like, I always know when my episode has re-aired because I see this giant spike in traffic. What's the result of a Netflix show? We were getting about 150 to 170,000 unique visitors a month prior to the show. July, the, the month it aired, we had 1.2 million unique visitors on our site. Um, now, the reality is they didn't they they converted but they did not convert at the same rate they converted at about half of of our typical paid um paid traffic but if i do the math on it like you were so you were getting 5000 people a day on average and they're converting cuz they're higher quality they're higher intent then the netflix show goes up people watch that now you're getting 40000 people a day but at about half the conversion rate now you've still quadrupled total orders and we and we did so so we shot up now the reality is we quadrupled orders but it was a lot of one-time stuff so we had um even now to this day if you go to our page um the hero image kind of says there's two call to actions there's a subscription and then there's the items from the show so we 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 built up a landing page that takes you to afterwards where it shows the episode and all the items from it so you can you can purchase it. So we do see a, a large amount of those items still to this day sell. We obviously want want them as subscribers. Within the first three four months, we had probably grown for our subscriber base by about like 40 percent. And and then when we saw the people that did subscribe, they started to behave um, like our normal customers. It was just a you know we had to get a lot more of them to the site to to find the good ones. It still seems like this was a unbelievable net benefit. What has been the the long tail on it? Has it have you continued to see success and referrals from having a Netflix show when you know they have they're known for you know just producing an unbelievable amount of content? And so I feel like it it could be easy to get buried. Yeah, so I I would feel that we're buried at times, um, but we still live on there because I so we have a post purchase survey currently. Typically, between a sixth and a seventh of all of our traffic, of all of our new customers each month, subscri- subscriber, subscription box customers, where did you first hear about it? And they they picked the Netflix show. Um, so we're getting several hundred customers, subscribers each month from from the show. So it's been very long, um, and it's still it's it's pretty consistent. And then on top of it, you could take like. Yeah, I'm sure that provides quite the library of content and social proof and that you you, know, you could take cut downs. Are you able to use cut downs from the show and things? So the, 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 the non-fun part of all of this is, is dealing, is dealing with, with them. 
so they were not fun fun to work with <laughs> then you know that's that's their model right they they don't do provo- they don't create netflix originals for businesses they they view everybody on the show as talent and it, and the conversations i wanted to have one it was the wrong department our only point of contact was the talent department and to take it a step further they wouldn't talk to me at all because i wasn't on the show so we would literally so the four guys that were on the show you know there would be an email hey we want to meet friday and they would they would reply all and add me to the mix add um patrick our coo and one of the other three co-founders and you know adding john and patrick for the call and they would reply remove us both and say no does like they can't be on this so like we were having conference calls with them me and patrick and and richard our cfo we would be not visible or we'd be on a, a speaker phone listening to it like secretly um so it was very very frustrating i was gonna say it sounds like it it's frustrating. Like they they hold the cards because they gave you this tremendous opportunity. You would have been silly not to take it. And we saw the results and it, it worked out well. A hundred percent. Like even though you have that great thing, as a business person, I'm sure it was absolutely maddening because you could see the vision for like if you just work with me a little bit here, we could we could take this further and we can all win. You know, like they have no issue doing, you know, uh, uh brand collaborations for Netflix shows like Stranger Things. Right. And you're just like, hey, I just want to do that too. Come on, play ball. And they really it seemed like they have no interest. Yeah, it was it was strange. So they gave us a a press uh press pack, just a drop box with like all these creatives three weeks before the show. Like that's that's fine, but like we would have built this up. We would have spent our own money. We would have put billboards up. We would have like we would have dumped some serious, serious marketing dollars into this. Instead they gave us, you know, some creatives and we said, Well, you know, we have a we have a, a creative team. So Hey, we made some revisions. What do you think about this? Or we made these versions not approved. Okay. <laughs> do you think there was any chance of it getting approved? It sounds like the MO is just like, hey, we have streamlined operations and so there's just no wiggle room. And and the, the reality is they've streamlined operations, but also the people that we would need to convince of such are not the decision make the decision makers for that are not the people we're talking to. You know, you can only ask a couple of times, hey, can we bring them into the conversation? And, and, you know, maybe maybe we can help. We have this whole team that can can push this. And it's just like, it doesn't work that way. You guys hmm. are the you guys are the talent. If you have a if you have a Facebook page or an Instagram account, you can share it. <laughs> it's just because, like, this is what we do. We're digital marketers. And, right. And yeah. So you're like chopping at the bit to just run with this. Yeah. And they're like, all right, hold your horses there, buddy. Yeah. Like we st- so literally we were like, okay, well let's put I it's Netflix doc you know dot com slash Southern Survival. I, I think that was the URL, but we're putting ad dollars behind it too, because we wanna we wanna pump it. But it's like not fun to throw ad dollars to a page that you don't have any visibility on at all. And they're not sharing any with with you. You're flying blind. Yeah. But like we think it's helping, but we have no idea and they won't tell us. So you don't you don't know metrics for your own show? One metric. There's watch one time? metric, one metric that, what's that? Is it watch time? Very, it's very similar. So the one metric, and this is, I guess, this is their North North Star metric. And it's Netflix original shows. They want, um, they look at something called a completion rate. And they need 25% of all people that start a Netflix original show 
to complete. And their definition of completion is watching more than 90% of it. Um, well, we had eight episodes in season one. So that means they basically had to get into the eighth episode. And if you got into the eighth, you were going to finish it anyway. So you might as well call it 100%. And if you're above 25%, let's, let's, start, let's start planning season two. Like we're doing season two. If you're below 20%, this is where, where we part ways. And then if you're in between the 20 and 25, you're in a almost purgatory category where you're just sitting there waiting. They haven't told you no. They definitely haven't told you yes. And, you know, maybe in the future, if they want content that fits you, they'll like tap you and say it's go time. So we fell in that we were like at 23.2%. Oh. So we're right in the middle of, you know, we're two, we, we aired over two years ago and we've never got told no or anything. So there's there's still a chance is what I'm hearing. Still, <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, that's what I heard. I'd be out there. I'd be like buying Amazon Fire TV sticks, signing up Netflix accounts, just like streaming it. I'd have a server farm of like 40 TVs streaming my own show. We, we definitely were trying. Like, hey, talking to my neighbors, just just run it on repeat. It's fine. Like different room. Just leave it, please. Yeah, it's like you have like a room. TV in a guest bedroom or something you're not using that I could borrow. <laughs> right. I definitely had it running running in in the guest bedroom for for months. That's funny. Okay, so I, the Netflix show, it's, it's fascinating. And it, it like, yeah, you, you had some frustrations with it. It's still this tremendous opportunity. And it did help you immensely. It helped you grow this subscription business. But you also say we, we're selling one-time purchases or one-time items that were featured on the show. So you, there is a proper catalog in there. What's the, what's the breakdown here? What's the, the percent of subscriptions versus one-off? So the business overall is about 90% subscription and 10% one-time products. Wow. And and the, the one-time products are simply the products from our show. And then everything we put in a pass box, we always um, order above our forecast so we can sell it just if someone just wants that specific item after a box drops. We have like maybe five, 600 SKUs in inventory. Okay. And that's not like drop shipping. You, you hold on to that stuff? Yeah. So it's all, we we started with our own warehouse fulfillment center and, and we've grown it and it's, we still have it still completely done in-house. And so with the, when we talk about subscriptions, there's lots of app options today. I'm guessing, given when you started, you're probably on the OG uh, subscription app. You're on Recharge, aren't you? We are. So so when we started, we were with uh, a very niche platform called CrateJoy. I remember CrateJoy. Yeah. Well, I think they're still around. Oh, they, they yeah, I said, yeah, I said it like it's past tense. I, there was like a, a rush to do subscription boxes. And you were probably in on that. And I did like, I had a car detailing box that I did for a while. It was just like all free samples. And you know, how many times can I wax one car, right? Uh, and that like, that's the issue with subscription boxes is yeah, eventually I churn out. And whether that's like one, three or six months, I'm for sure I never made it a year on any of them. But I do recall Crate Joy because it was like a marketplace for these things. Yeah, it was the marketplace. They gave you template tools. I think we had our initial website up in in literally the matter of a couple hours. And uh, so we were with CreateJoy for the first couple years. We we simply outgrew them, and and we we went to Shopify Plus and at Shopify's recommendation, recharge, and uh, we've been with them ever since. They've they've grown a long way. We we broke some stuff back then because they were they were really a subscribe and save model. And there, there's all these weird variables and nuances with subscription box. Oh, it's so complicated. It, yeah, it's just it's it's not the same model. Um, 
so we had a we, we broke a lot of stuff we luckily you know realized that we could accomplish a lot of stuff through their api so we we really built this custom dashboard custom solution just mac just leveraging their api and that's like it's like recharge pro right and then you get it opens up like the api and that assumes you right. have access to um, a development team who can build on top of that for you and so you built uh, a business intelligence dashboard it sounds like mm-hmm um, and so you've got excellent visibility into things. Do you feel, do you ever, are you concerned at all about vendor lock-in? I noticed this like particularly with subscriptions is you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't love it, but it's too hard to change. Since 2017, just with our other brands and, and, and that we've, that we've acquired and launched, um, I've done seven migrations Ooh. over to Shopify Every, I think every time I lose thirty percent of my hair, like it's just that—that's the model. I would—I would just take my ball and go home. I want to quit. I don't—I don't, I don't want to migrate. Um, we could, um, but luckily we've—we've—we have a great relationship with Recharge. We've built this amazing relationship, and we've—we have a great relationship with Shopify. But we are probably a little locked in, right? Same with our development agency. You know, they—they they know. Where the where the where the bodies are buried on this? I was about to say they there's a some guy at your dev agency who knows where all the bodies are buried. You've got like that key man there. Y- yeah, it's a li- It's a risk. It's a liability. But it, I mean, it's also reality. It is what it is, and it sounds you, you're happy and successful regardless. But I, and knowing that, I brought it up just because I wanted people who are in a similar situation to not feel alone. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great point. It's something people don't really talk about. Um, so I appreciate you bringing it up. It's. It's interesting. I think, though, that because of that reason, the time and effort that we spend with those relationships, Recharge had an event last uh, last week in Austin, one day event for like local people near Austin. I I went out to it because they weren't going to have they weren't having an Atlanta event, and I want to maintain that relationship because it's it's so paramount and it's this you know part of our endoskeleton. Kind of need it. I need it working and, and enjoying being with us. I, I posed a question to uh, Lindy at uh, Recharge, and I said, it, I, for sure it's got to be harder to sell subscriptions than one-time purchases. I know this to be true, but like, how much harder? I bet you you know the numbers. What's that difference in conversion rate? And she definitely sidestepped that question, which I don't blame her. What's your view? So, so the subscription, uh, so the conversion rate for us for subscriptions, and this is not just for BattleBox. This is for Carnivore Club. This is for Wanlo. This is for uh, Crate Club. It's it's all these things and that we that we have in our portfolio. This for us, the subscription conversion rate is is less. The reality is, it's not as good as the one time. Um, but to counteract that is. At this point, especially we we know what the the LTV is going to be. We know how long they're going to stick around. It's a lot easier to forecast and understand. And because of that, you know, let's say we can let's say we have a CAC of a one time product, and and the the acquisition cost is is twenty dollars to get a new customer to buy a one time product from us. The the subscription piece to get the subscription, you know, we're paying upwards of of north of sixty. Sometimes you know north decently north of that but we know that the that our ltv is 937 dollars um so we can we can spend a more spend a little bit more because we know that it's how pro- more profitable it is to worst conversion rate with certainty but the ltv goes through the roof yeah using your your experience if let's uh, thought exercise i'm a merchant i have a two i only sell one type purchase items but 
I am subscription curious and I have a 2% conversion rate normally, $50 AOV, like this is a real typical setup. Try and set my expectations on what my subscription conversion rate may be. Sure. So so if it's it depends if it's a product that is like replenishable um that that you would that you would you would buy multiple times i think you can you can counteract the the conversion rate issue by offering a discount so you know the product is $50 but subscribe and save right get this every 2 weeks 4 weeks maybe even give them the frequency for them to choose and you're going to save 10% 15% you probably have to test depending on your product with that discount i think you can actually completely flip it and it it becomes the same and all traffic behaves the same way Ah! i'm so tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences Mm. hey did you know anonymous shoppers who visit your store can't receive abandoned cart emails from shopify (gasps) pop quiz my friends what do warby parker dr squatch and blendjet all have in common they all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim that lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. If you're not doing it, you're just leaving money on the table. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. Tonal, we 10x in our list, okay? Like 10x. Onboarding is quick and easy, and implementation takes just hours, not months. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. Retention.com. Depending on category, and if I I really dial it in, and you mentioned like dial in the, the frequency, which I always find that's the hard part as the customer. Like I'm either getting, I either have 10 bags of kitty litter in my basement or no litter and an upset cat, right? Like it's right. tough to get, get that subscription dialed in. Yeah. Um, where the enemy of subscriptions here and the, the opportunity, once you have them going is to stop churn. You got to be an expert at this. Like how do you, how do you reduce churn? The number of people who I signed up three months later, I cancel my subscription. That's what we mean by churn. Right. So, you know, so churn, churn in general for, for subscription boxes is, is about 15, 16%. So we're, we're substantially below that. Our, our goal in the next six months is really get below 10%. We're a little bit above it. So you're right. That's the most important thing. Um, even when we get under the 10%, we're still get we still have to get 1500 new customers every single month just to not go the wrong direction. It's, it's this constantly chasing um, scenario. So, so we, we, we got ahead of it. We spent a lot of time on it. We obviously break it down in a, in a two part parts, um, passive and active churn. So active churn being, um, Kurt, you went into your account with us, you click cancel, you said, I am done. I don't want this. And then there's the passive churn piece, which your card on file, you switched cards, whatever happened, it just stopped working. Maybe your bank said something suspicious. And the crazy thing is on the passive churn side, there's there's a lot of people that the car just that that's why they cancel. Um, so on the passive churn side, we used an app um, called Churnbuster. I was gonna say, is it Churnbuster? The aptly named Churnbuster. <laughs> Great name. Um, and it does it does exactly that. It um you know recharge natively. They're sending that same email every failed charge during the dunning process. It's the same email. Your card didn't work. Click here. And the problem with that is you know it's the same email. So if you're using um, 
Chrome and, and G Suite as your email, they might get blocked together if you have it where emails get condensed. Um, also, a higher probability of, of spam, getting it put in the spam folder, sending the same message every day. So, so Churnbuster does a couple of things. One, they allow you to fully customize the emails. They allow you to throw a, a webhook in there and an SMS bump so you can send them a text and see if that works, tracks open rates, and then you can obviously customize them all. So we have them in different different voices of our brand. Um, different One of the emails comes from brand in the face of our brand saying, hey, man, like I'm getting ready to shoot the next video. And like, oh, that's that's smart. You haven't renewed yet. Like, is everything good? We have some some jokes in there. Um you know the the guy the guys at the warehouse like they they packed your box but they don't have a shipping label yet because like give us a call let us know is something is something okay so after all of that process we're able to whittle down about seventy percent of the people with card issues we then take that remaining thirty percent pull an export out of recharge and then our CS team starts reaching out and the the thought process is it's it's a plain text email at this point. There's no even vibe of, of being a marketing email. It's our actual people. It's Ian. It's Luke. It's it could be Joyce. It could be Alan. It could be any of our CS team, and they're saying, "Hey, like legitimately, like, do you need any help?" Um, and they're able to get another fifty percent back. Whoa! Once you fall out and you're done out of there, we have a a, a win back guy um, who his 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 sole job is is win back. He's picking up the phone and calling. Oh, okay. So we're really, the LTV here is enough. Well, you know, it would be on a $160 monthly subscription. It, yeah. it would absolutely be worthwhile to do this. So that's on the passive churn side, on the, the active churn side, which which is the bigger bigger part of the, the pie for the two. Um, we have some cancellation flows. We, you know, we're asking why you're canceling. We have offers you know to try to maybe get you we, we tell you about oh well you can skip this box instead and we switch this up and always test we might be might offer you a free item um to continue we might offer you a discount off your next box and then we have some rules in place where um to prevent gamification and bad actors where you know once we once we make you an offer and you take it you move into a different segment so you're not going to be you're not going to see the same things if you haven't gone through a few renewals with us you're not going to see these offers um, to try to prevent unprofitable customers or just gamification. We we have some rules in place. That's just on the the the, the active and the passive churn. You take it a step further, and you know we're every month after the box goes out, we're sending surveys out, um, asking for like genuine feedback. We we want to know how do we do, where do we go wrong, where do we do, where do we go right. Um, we have, we're big on community. So we have that Facebook group I mentioned earlier. We're jumping in there. We might do a, a Facebook live from there and, and say, Hey, give us feedback. Talk to us. Like, what, what do you think? How do, how do we improve? And we try to take those learnings each month and, and apply them. And, you know, we've been, we've been doing the process I outlined for, for over a year now, and, and we've still made multiple mistakes this, this year where we just missed the mark a little bit on a product and, you know, not get not get mad that customers are upset. Like you have to listen to them, right? These guys are allowing allowing us to have the coolest job in the world. Often the the angry customers are the greatest opportunity. I was just talking with someone about this on Twitter. We have we have some Shopify apps, like Crowdfunder being the big one. Um, and it if we get a one star review on that, I know it's it's probably born out of frustration, and so I will immediately pick up the phone and call 
the merchant and no one answers their phone. So I, I leave voicemail. Um, and I say, Hey, I saw the review come in, you know, the, I'm, I'm sorry, you're having a bad experience. I absolutely am going to fix it. Like it, and if you could talk to the person, cause oftentimes like they, they won't, but the half the time that you can talk to them, it's actually really easy to resolve the the situation when you're, you're talking face to face with, you know, it's like real person to real person, not churn buster email delightful though they may be. <laughs> and, and no, and, and honestly, the, if that goes well, the people that will answer and will, and will engage with you, you can literally turn them to the complete other side of the pendulum where they become this, this, this ambassador loving, loving your brand. It's, there's such opportunity there. That's another thing. So we, right after the first, um, they get their first box, we send them a CSAT internal survey, not public facing your typical CSAT one through 10. What's CSAT stand for? I'm going to go with customer satisfaction. Yep. So it's it's rated one to ten, right? How how willing would you be to refer us to 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 a friend? And if they give us a nine or a ten, they're you know they're a promoter, and we're like, okay, this is great. We then have some additional flows. Hey, have you seen our Trust Pilot review? Um, Trust Pilot site, like, give us a review. Well, we know they're they're happy. Yeah, five or six is neutral, but or sorry, seven and eight is neutral. If they give us a six or below, we've somehow messed up, right? We've either set improper expectations when we sold them, we've let them down with the product, something didn't go right. So if it's if, if they give us a six or below, it automatically kicks a ticket to our CS team. We have to reach out. We need to under, better understand where the mistake was made. And we're able to engage with some of them and and really kind of figure out a way to to turn their, their, their experience around. We should just call you the subscription doctor based on all the amazing insight because subscriptions are this thing that I I know enough to know how difficult they are to do right. This is one of the first conversations we've had on the show where I'm like, wow, this is someone who really gets it and is like really committed to it and technical uh, about it. So I could see why you were able to sell this company for as much as you did. How, where, how much you get for this thing? Um, so the total deal size was 19 million, um, got, uh, a little over 12 up front. All the rest is, um, tied to deferred revenue and bonuses and earnouts and, um, the carrot, if you will, to, to continue along the journey. Do the, the doors on your car go up? They don't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I did, I didn't you, change anything at all. You didn't ride that all the way to the Lambo dealership? No, no, we oh. didn't make any, none of us did anything. I, I did pay my house off. I paid my mortgage off. Oh, that must've felt um, sweet. Yeah. And then, and my, my wife had uh student loans and we, we paid those off. Oh, practical and I'm sure deeply satisfying. It, it was. Everybody's like, no, like put the money in the market or put the money in crypto and make money. I'm oh, like, Oh boy, we know how that went. <laughs> yeah. Not good. I, who, who would have known, um, that the, the, the more conservative, less aggressive approach was okay. Um, no, so we didn't change it all. Yeah. So when you sold it, uh, how'd you sell it? Did you, you work with a broker? So initially, um, there were four of us that were the founders. I didn't come on full time until 2016. When I came on full time, one of my fun tasks right away was the fourth partner that wasn't really bringing much value doing anything. We, we wanted to buy him out. That's that's a tough conversation to have. I've been there. It was not fun. Um, as you know, those conversations are never fun. Feels good to get it over with, though. 
Yeah. So we figured that out. We were down to three. So myself, Patrick, and Daniel. Daniel was at a, a after the show. Show was successful. COVID was successful. He was he was ready to take a break. So we kind of had two options at this point. We wanted to keep Patrick, and I wanted to keep going. So we could buy Daniel out, or we could all take take some uh, money off the table, and you know maybe find a partner that that we saw a cool vision with. The reality of buying him out, us too, we had this valuation multiple. Multiple. We wanted a six x but it really doesn't make sense for me as an individual to to pay a six x but We have to like see extreme growth and you know personally guarantee stuff, and it just quickly became not a reality. So we said, okay, we're gonna shop this. Uh, meanwhile, when we decided we were gonna go down this path, we hired a CFO, brought the CFO in. CFO is still with us. He's a paramount part of this team, and and we brought Richard in, and Richard had to clean up, clean up our books. Right, we were making some um, questionable decisions. We were managing money as well as we should have, and then there were all kinds of nuances like um, deferred revenue. We didn't know what deferred revenue was. We didn't realize okay, we'd have this renewal on the fifteenth of November, but we don't ship this product to December. Well, it's December revenue. It's not November revenue. So. Tons of cleaning, cleaning of the books, getting it to a point where we could, we had a good trailing 12 month of profitability and we, it could tell a good story. I got connected. So we acquired a company called Carnivore Club in July, 2019. That was part of the deal of Emerge that bought us. They bought BattleBox and Carnivore Club. So it sounds like a roll-up strategy for them. Um, so when we bought Carnivore Club, um, stayed in touch with the guys, a gentleman named Tim Ray out of Toronto and spoke to Tim and he's like, told him what he wanted to do. He's like, well, hey, I have uh, a guy that um, did him, my deal before Carnivore Club. He got it sold. You should talk to him. His name was Tim too. Spoke to him. And meanwhile, Richard, our CFO, went to a broker. Um, actually went to website closers. Went through the process with that. Um, Tim, the guy I was talking to, was you know putting some feelers out there. We decided we're going to move forward with website broke website closers and um they obviously want exclusivity we said hey we'll give you the exclusivity sans these 30 people businesses that tim had reached out to if it's one of those 30 he gets it back and forth they agreed to it um and then we went off to the races we had a bunch of calls we had a few offers we quickly found um that the private equity roll up where they already had uh, us on their side wasn't very attractive. Um, they were very honest and direct, but like there was no guarantee to like our team and our team's future, right? If they had a guy that was really good at email, our guy wasn't going to be capped and we weren't comfortable with that. So the Tim, Tim, the non, not website closers, but the smaller broker, he actually found us a merge and they, their vision was this roll up. We're all ran as independent business units at least the goal was, the goal is to eventually have some synergies where, you know, we can have umbrella negotiated rates for maybe shipping and credit card processing, and maybe we can share some warehouses as, as this grows. Um, so we went, we went with that. Um, and then in April of 2021, we signed a LOI or March, we signed an LOI. Letter of intent. Yeah. And then, uh, Due diligence and then audits. Oh boy, yeah. Now, now the real hard part begins. The the audit was, and Richard, our CFO, got the 
brunt of it. Him and Ben are our controller, but that was difficult. And then we quickly realized, even though we had made all these strides to like having this, what we thought was a good set of books, we would have, we didn't close until October. And it was, it was because the, because of the audit. And this is not an uncommon story. I mean, this is just how this goes. Yeah. And we had no idea. Like if there's one piece of advice, like, um, and the audit was expensive, but if you're at a point where you want to sell and you're over a, probably a certain revenue size, if you're in, I'd say, mid seven figures and definitely like anything north of the eight figures in revenue, like you're going to need this. You're going to need to have this audit because we would have closed probably within 60 days. And instead it took however many months that is. And the, the reality is things changed during that time. You know, we had a really bad month that we weren't very profitable and our buyer was like freaking out and we had to jump on a call and like, well, why is the EBITDA only this? And it could have, the deal didn't go sideways, but it could have easily gone sideways a couple of times, which would not have been anything we were trying to accomplish. For sure. But eventually it worked out and you closed it. Yeah, it closed um, October 6th, October 6th, uh, 2021. And now we just did the year anniversary and- Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, this has been, this has been incredible. I'm so glad we, you reached out, we talked and- and I was able to pick your brain about Netflix subscriptions and selling a business for a handsome princely sum. That's it, quite incredible. You should be proud. What's next? Where are you going from here, man? Right now, we're we're holding down the ship. We're um we're continuing continuing with BattleBox. Yeah, no no changes. We're 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 in this for a minute. <laughs> if it works, stick with it, and you learn and you evolve as you go. And clearly. Uh, survivorship bias aside, this has worked out pretty well. Yeah, it really has. Kurt, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad uh, I was able to come on. My pleasure. So, John, where can people learn more about you? So, I'm horrible at Twitter. Uh, I do have I do have LinkedIn. That's probably my most active channel. Um, it's you can find me on LinkedIn, and then I have a blog, Online Queso, um, all one word, onlinequeso.com, where I uh, I kind of walk through some you know, TikTok, for example, has been, it's our number one lead source currently. So I kind of walked through the process of that while I was going through it. And there was a lot of failure in there. So I just try to kind of, kind of give insights into what we're working on, whether it's working or not. Um, customer service being a profit center. I wrote about that on there. Yeah. I wanted to get into that, but I mean, there's just so much in here. We didn't even touch on it. So for sure, I will link to uh, your blog, Online Queso, in the show notes awesome. so that people can grab that. Uh, John, again, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Kurt, thanks for having me. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup? How about boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, and Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.